I want you to know how much uh, Linda and I have enjoyed being with you. We really have. It's, uh, we've met some new friends, or old friends we've renewed acquaintance with, and uh, that's been great, but it's been great to with you, be with you, great to worship with you. Uh, I sure hope, and I'm sure you do, enjoy the, the music that you have here. It's fantastic. It really is. I, I just love the exuberance of how you sing and the numbers that uh, Steve chooses or whoever does chooses. Uh, the numbers, it's just great. Uh, I'm going to be um, talking to turning your Bibles to Psalm 100. We're going to share a little bit on the subject of uh, joy and hope. And I also want you to know that I unashamedly am a major thief. I read uh, incessantly and I steal from other men of God. As a matter of fact, I make no apologies. I thank the Lord for men and women that I've surrounded myself with in my library that love the Lord, that are able to expose it uh, much more meaningfully than I can, it seems, and uh, I glean a great deal from these men. I have a uh, quotation that I should make uh, from Charles Spurgeon, who was a pretty good preacher. So I understand. And he said this. He said, Don't worry about originality, brethren. Christ never claimed it. He says, The words that I speak are not mine, but his that sent me. The Holy Spirit did not claim it, for it is written, He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. In fact, the only original thinker and speaker in the Bible is he of whom it is written, When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. So I've put that in the flyleaf of my Bible, along with some autographs that I have of some men that have impressed me a great deal that I was privileged to sit under. And uh, so I, I'm saying all of that to say this, that tonight, uh, very a lot of what I'm going to be sharing with you, I have gleaned uh, from uh, a master expositor, as far as I'm concerned. His name is Warren Worsby. I know you all have heard of him and have read many of his books, but I enjoy him a great deal, as well as many other authors. And I thought I'd just throw that little tidbit by you and let you know uh, the truth from where I'm coming from. Psalm 1, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. For it is he that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him, and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endureth to all generation. In Psalm 51, verse 12, David, after um, uh, confessing his sin before the Lord God Almighty, said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I'd like to share with you briefly tonight on the subject of joy and the subject of hope. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 tells us that joy is part of the fruit of the Spirit. We all know that the book of Philippians, in the book of Philippians, that one of the central themes of that book, if not the cardinal theme, is joy. As a matter of fact, in Philippians chapter 4, 4 and 5, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always, the Lord is at hand. One man that I enjoy reading an awful lot from is G.K. Chesterton. He said this, he said, Hope is the power of living cheerful in circumstances which we know to be desperate. Many people find themselves simply enduring life. 
This seems to be a form of desperation to me, and others are trying desperately to escape life, and their approach to accomplish this is substitution. We have so many today that substitute price for value, entertainment, for enrichment, running here and there, for sitting still and knowing God. Uh, these things are true with so many today, and tragically so even in Christendom. Sin is an expensive substitution for satisfaction. It's always deceptive and has a very brief life expectancy. The fact is that God wants us neither to endure or to escape. He simply wants us to embrace life and to enjoy it. And to this end, Paul said to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17, that God gives us richly all things to enjoy. The truth is, in our lives, we have many struggles, many battles and burdens, but we also have many blessings. However, our response should never be, never be desperation uh, in enduring or substitution simply to escape. We should be embracing and enjoying through Jesus Christ and experiencing the ongoing conformity to Him and the transformation that takes place and continues to place, take place in our lives. Our Christian experience is like the woman that's described in John chapter 16, verse 20 to 22. Uh, she is a woman who experiences travail and, and pain when delivering a child, but after the child is born, uh, she rejoices. That's transformation. Uh, that's what Jesus Christ can do and does do in our lives. The same baby that caused the pain also caused the joy. Sin is always the devil's substitute for God's blessing. It is to accept how we feel not only on important things, but it's important that we relate to God and His Word in the midst of our battles and our burdens. I'm going to ask you, if you will, if you would turn over in your Bibles uh, to, um, well, Proverbs chapter 23, verse number 7. In Proverbs, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, we read, Rejoice in the Lord always. As you're turning there in Proverbs, Warren Worsby tells us, Joy, gladness, and rejoicing are used 19 times in the book of Philippians. As a matter of fact, he goes on to say that the words mind, think, and remember are used some 16 times. It would seem, therefore, the secret of Christian joy is found in the way that we think. In Proverbs 23, 7, that you turn to in part says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. The word rejoice is a variant form of the word joy. Someone has said that happiness is a virtue of the world and depends entirely on circumstances, on things and the external. These are fleeting and superficial and constantly changing. However, we know that joy, on the other hand, is a Christian virtue that comes from God and is internal. Our hope is in the Lord. Now, folks, I want you to notice carefully our hope is not in the wishful thinking expressed so often by all of us in the repeated phrase, I hope so. Our hope, like I hope so, is not fleeting or fanciful, it's foundational. Our hope is not based on pleasures, but it's based on a person, and you and I need to realize that person is a rock. He is absolutely dependable. Now, having said that, I want you to also see in the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse number 1. Turn over there with me, if you will. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 1. In the fourth chapter of the book of Philippians, it's interesting, in chapter 4, verse number 1, we read these words. It says, Therefore, my brethren... 
dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I want you to notice something with me, that you and I can stand fast, and why we can stand fast confidently is seen in one little word. Again, in chapter 4, verse number 1, Therefore, my brethren, my dearly beloved and long for, my joy and crown, then the next little word is soul. Two letters. Insignificant, seemingly, although very little, it is absolutely inexhaustible in its reach. I say that because this same word that is used in Philippians 4, verse 1, soul, is also used to describe the love that my God has for me and the love that our God has for each one of us in John 3.16. There we read that God so loved the world. The same word, the same word that is used in Philippians 4.1. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. It may sound redundant, but I'd like to take just a moment right now for those of you that may be here that are strangers to the grace of God that have never been saved there's never been a moment in your life, perhaps, where you've been able to stand, as many did tonight, and to be able to share that on such and such a date or such and such a time, I acknowledge my sin before a holy, righteous God, embraced Him by faith, and received Him into my life as my personal Savior, and I was born again in the Holy Spirit of God. I trust that you'll make that decision if you never have tonight, and trust our dear Lord. This little word, soul, going back to it, is graphically described in John chapter 3 verse 16 that he so loved the world how do you and I measure the the width the depth the, how do we measure the length or how do we measure the 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 breadth of God's infinite love for the whole world that in itself is enough for each and every one of us to rejoice to give praise to have joy in our lives and in our hearts a little word with unfathomable uh, uh, rippling of impacts and effects that affects all of us as individuals. The next thing I want you to see is not only a little word, but a little verse. In John chapter 11, verse number 35, it says simply, Jesus wept. Brief, but yet, the smallest verse in the Bible, it's expressive and pregnant with its tenderness, with its warmth, and with the compassion that it shows all of us how the Lord Jesus felt about his friend Lazarus. If we're despondent or discouraged and down at times, we need to be reminded of that little word soul, but we also need to be reminded of that little verse. Jesus loved Lazarus so greatly that he wept over this man. And folks, the Bible tells you and I that there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. The Lord Jesus Christ is our friend. He calls us his friend. It's inconceivable that the sovereign God of this universe would call you and I, who are sinners, saved by the grace of God, His friend. It's amazing how a holy, righteous God is called a friend to sinners. This is another reason that all of us, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of the situation that we find ourselves in, it's another reason why we can rejoice. It's another reason why we should have joy. It's another reason that we ought to live our lives with that infectious, contagious reality of joyfully enjoying the sovereign God that has come into our life and has made us a new creature in Christ. A little word, a little verse, 
And now another reason why we can rejoice and give praise. A little book, the book of Philemon. The principal theme and thought through the book of Philemon is forgiveness. How insurpassable is it when we look back at our lives and we see the tremendous mistakes we've made, the sin we have committed, the sin we continue to commit. How unbelievably unbelievable is it that we can look at this little book and we can understand that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The inexhaustible love that God has for us in his expression of forgiveness to us day in and day out, if there was no other reason on the face of the earth, it is a tremendous reason to be joyful, to, to be joyful and to rejoice and to give praise to his blessed name. A little word, a little verse, a little book. And then there was a little man. His name was Zacchaeus. He wasn't very tall. He wasn't perhaps the most significant individual that there was. But Zacchaeus got saved, and he became what his name implies. His name implies pure and justified. I'm sure all of us that have been made positionally pure and have been justified can rejoice and praise the Lord and be grateful that we, even though we may be in the eyes of the world a little man or a little woman or a person of relative insignificance, we are the world to Jesus Christ. We are the reason that he has come to this earth to seek and to save that which is lost. We are the reason that he bore the past, present, and future sins of mankind on his shoulders on the cross of Calvary. And we can rejoice and praise his blessed name that those sins were buried with him when he rose from the grave, you and I can say with Paul, it's no longer I, but Christ that liveth in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who, who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes, a little verse, a little word, a little book. Now also in the New Testament, there was a little boy. This little boy had a little lunch, which when given over to the Lord brought great results. His lunch fed a multitude of people, and this just encourages us as we realize from our Bibles that my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Whatever the need might be, the Lord Jesus Christ meets that need. A little word, a little verse, a little book, a little boy, a little lunch. And now, folks, the truth of the matter is we need to understand something that's very important. We may be living in a little community. We may be part of a little church. We may be, in the eyes of the world that we live in, little people. We may be, indeed, little. But the fact of the matter is, being little is the opportunity that God uses to use you and I for His honor and glory. There is absolutely no one that would or should say if they belong to God that they should say that I'm just one person. You and I with Jehovah God are a majority. Some of us would say I'm really nobody. But if we're a child of God and part of the family of God, we're definitely somebody. Sometimes we say, what can I do? The fact is I may not be able to do what I used to be able to do, but I can still do what God calls me to do. If we belong to God and we exhibit genuine joy and love for God and for each other, there will be whopping ripples that will be sent out to one another and to our community. Joy is infectious. 
and joy is contagious. Folks, I want to thank you again tonight uh, for the opportunity of sharing with you today, and I want to say to you that I'll be praying uh, the man that you have coming, Wayne Hakenen, is a man that I graduated with. As a matter of fact, he was the president of the class that I graduated with, and he's a good, solid man. And we're going to be praying uh, for you and uh, for him and for the church family that God's will would be made very clear to all of you. People's Church has a historical reput reputation in this, in this community that is something that none of you, and I'm sure you don't, that none of you should ever take for granted. It is a church that has been gloriously used of the Lord. I can remember the times when I was here, when I was in a, an itinerant ministry, the help that this church gave to me when I was struggling in an itinerant ministry, and the opportunity that they gave to me to help me financially and to let me know that they were praying for me. We have many friends that have gone through the doors of this church. There are many people who have left this church, who have gone to other churches and other areas of service and have been greatly used of God. This may not be the biggest church. We may not be a church family that is large in terms of the numbers that are in this church, but the fact of the matter is because of the love that you have for one another, the love that is evidence that you have for the Lord, uh, the impact and the, in, and the impact that you're having on your community is significant. I trust that you're not discouraged. I trust that you're filled with joy and that you're rejoicing. I trust that as you look at the Word of God and see the person of the Son of God, that you have a sense of awe that God has called you and I, that God has saved you and I, that God loves you and I, that God forgives you and I, that God is with us day in and day out. We have, should have a sense of absolute awe when we stand before a holy, righteous God and visualize and realize what that God has done for us. I want to share my testimony a little bit, if I may as well. I was saved in July the 31st, 1975 in Georgetown, Ontario. There was a grad of New Brunswick Bible Institute, Bob Lonis, that pastored that church at the time, who was instrumental after my conversion to bring me down here and expose me to NBBI, New Brunswick Bible Institute, which I happen to think is one of the finest schools that there is in the North American continent. I am proud to have been a graduate of MBBI, and I'm grateful to God Almighty that I was exposed to the consistent, godly teaching of men and women that exposed the Scriptures to me and incited within me a desire for the Word of God that has increased with every passing day since I've been saved. When I was saved, I was 32 years of age. That's a few years ago now. You can figure that out for yourself. But as I look back, folks, I didn't come from a Christian family. I didn't have the opportunity as a young man or young boy to go to church, to fellowship with people, of the people of God. And I'm so deeply grateful that at that moment of time in the living room of my home in Georgetown, Ontario, Jesus Christ touched my life. He transformed my life. My life has never been the same. I can honestly say that every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. It's an honor and it's a privilege to stand before you to handle the word of the living God and to proclaim the Christ as the hope that we have, to proclaim the Christ as the reason for our joy, and to proclaim the Christ who enables us to rejoice and give praise even during the difficult times. 
Thank you again for the opportunity to have been with you here. And thank you. Uh, I guess I'll be coming back in July sometime, so we'll look forward to seeing you in July when we come back as well. Let's unite our hearts in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for Jesus Christ, our Savior. We thank you, Father, for his grace to us. We, Lord, are amazed at the tremendous changes and transformation that Jesus Christ has made and continues to make in our life. We are so deeply grateful that he is a forgiving God. We are, I don't even know the words to describe how the likes of we who are sinners saved by grace can be called a friend of the sovereign God of this universe and how he can look down upon us and call us his friends as well. I thank you, Lord, for the privilege of meeting with those of like precious faith. I'm so deeply grateful, Father, for pockets of the believers all over the world that gather together in his worthy name to worship him, to adore him, to uplift him. I pray, Lord, that we as the people of God in this fellowship here would, Lord, be moved, challenged from any sense of lethargy or apathy or indifference or coolness that may be creeping into our lives. That we would embrace the Christ Lord with a tenacity that defies description. That we would exhibit in our lives, God, as we serve and live for Jesus Christ, an enthusiasm and a love that has become infectious and contagious with those who are around us. Bless this work, Father, as it continues to glorify Jesus Christ. And bless those who are within the walls of this church that are struggling with physical difficulties, financial realities that they're struggling with, marital difficulties, whatever it might be. God, I pray that we as individuals would be sensitive to the need to share the gospel, the good news that Christ Jesus has come into the world to save sinners, with those who are around us. Help us never to be weary doing this. Thank you for the example that has been set before us by many men and women who have faithfully served the Lord God Almighty. So, Lord, we thank you for the day that we've had. We thank you that we've been able to meet together in your worthy name. And I pray that, God, as we leave this building this day, we'll leave having said, we have seen Jesus. We have fallen just a little more in love with him. We have been challenged to look within our hearts, to ask ourselves, is the zeal and the fire still burning with the intensity that it did a few years ago or a lot of years ago? And if it isn't, I pray that you'll stir us, that you'll shake us, that you'll move us, that you'll do whatever it is necessary, that, Lord, that we might be more deeply grateful for what we have and that we will respond in that gratefulness in serving Jesus Christ, living for him, and loving him more than anything or anyone in our lives. Lord, it's great to be a Christian. It's great to be saved. And God, tonight, I just exalt your blessed name and thank you for the fellowship that we've enjoyed here this day. I pray these things, Lord, with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.